Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 468. In that case, I said, I have something to show you. It's a surprise. You'll have to trust me. I've heard each of those a dozen times. Denna's dark eyes glittered wickedly, but never altogether, and never from you. She smiled. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and save my world-weary jibes for later. Take me where you will. So we made our way to Severin High by way of the horse lifts, where we both gawked at the lights of the nighttime city below like the low-born cretins we were. I took her on a long stroll through cobblestone streets, past shops and small gardens. Then we left the buildings behind, climbed over a low wooden fence, and moved toward the dark shape of an empty barn. At this, Denna was no longer able to keep quiet. Well, you've done it, she said. You've surprised me. I grinned at her and continued to lead the way into the dark of the barn. It was full of the smell of hay and absent animals. I led her to a ladder that disappeared into the dark above our heads. A hayloft, she demanded, her voice incredulous. She stopped walking and gave me an odd, curious look. You obviously have me mistaken for a 14-year-old farm girl named... Her mouth worked soundlessly for a moment. Something rustic. Greta, I suggested. Yes, she said. You obviously have me mistaken for a low-bodiced farm girl named Greta. Rest assured, I said, if I were going to try to seduce you, this isn't the way I would go about it. Is that so? She said, running her hand through her hair. Her fingers began to idly twine her hair into a braid. Then she stopped and brushed it out. In that case, what are we doing here? You mentioned how much you enjoyed gardens, I said, and Alvarin's gardens are particularly fine. I thought you might enjoy a turn about the place. In the middle of the night, Dennis said. A charming moonlit stroll, I corrected. There's no moon tonight, she pointed out. Or if there is, it's barely a slender sliver. Be that as it may, I said, refusing to be daunted. How much moonlight does one actually need to enjoy the smell of gently blooming jasmine? In the hayloft, Denna said, her voice thick with disbelief. The hayloft is the easiest way onto the roof, I said, thence into the mayor's estates, thence to the garden. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. I've heard each of those a dozen times is a very classy way of saying that's what she said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or in this case, that's what he said. I was going to say, in this case, that's, that's what, what he said, said to me. Yeah. As the bishop said to the actress is the way my dad likes to put it. Oh, that is funny. Quoth does a bit of naming on this page. Oh, where? What? Well, I don't know if he does capital N naming. He, he names a what a rustic, low bodiced farm girl would be called. And I don't know if this is he he does the same thing later, literally, by naming someone Nell. Right? I don't think that she's a low bodiced farm girl, but she is a, a small town young Is she the tavern wench? She's not the tavern wench, but I, I don't recall exactly who she is, but he there's like a farmer's girl. He's like, Oh, she looks like a Nell, and then it turns out her name is Nell. And that I do think is is a bit of naming. So I wonder if this is meant to kind of prime us in that it's a, you know, it's a joke that can't be taken any other way. 
but we're no stranger to him sort of jokingly naming um, farm ladies, farm lasses, uh, when it does come about. Nell is the name of the serving girl who wakes him up after he's been bandaged in his time in Trevon. Don't at us. Mm. I do enjoy their their banter, their back and forth. Uh, this is an example of them both kind of on their game at their best, like being clever with each other in a way that is also very, it's like flirtatious, even though they're trying to deny that they are being flirtatious. Like they're, they're being, they're being like meta flirtatious. They're, they're being flirtatious about the fact that they're not flirting, which is very funny. And then I feel like someone else might jump on this one. So I don't want to necessarily say it out loud. So why doesn't somebody else say it? Well, I have things. Yeah. Give us your things. So, in this back and forth, when they're talking about Greta, just because I'm not quite done with that topic yet, the when first mentioned, Dennis says a 14-year-old farm girl, which suggests that she's older than 14 by probably more than a year. Uh-huh. I agree. I think she's she says 14 in a sort of derogatory, derogatory way, necessarily. Yeah, like she's like, you know, a 14-year-old farm girl wouldn't know better, whereas I do. You've mistaken me for someone who doesn't yeah, she's know a lady. that haylofts are where you take people to seduce them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least she or is... Roll she in is, the hay, if you like. She is wise to the ways of the world. Indeed. Which she... And she, like, says that... And she says that about herself when she says that I'm going to say... I'm going to give you the benefit of that and save my world-weary jibes. So she is self-aware about the fact that she does come off as kind of world-weary. I also think that they're both being flirtatious in, like, a slightly different theme. Like, Dunna's flirtiness seems, like, a little more... Like, Fos attempting, probably, to be romantic, because he's like, I'm gonna bring you to a garden, it's gonna be lovely. And, like, she's also being flirty, but, like, in a slightly more, like like bolder or like more adult fashion. Whereas his is like almost childish and it's like kind of romantic sense. I think you're onto something Jordana, because I think that what Quoth is doing is like, I think Denna is almost a little more defensive about her flirting because the stuff Quoth is doing now is the stuff that other people have tried on her. Right? Like I think she's starting to worry that Quoth is actually just like everyone else because she's bumped into him in the city. He has, as far as she is concerned, lied about who he's working for and his clout. And now he's trying to take her somewhere to seduce her. And I think that she's giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I think she's a little bit on the defensive because she's like, I thought you were different, but you're giving me the same old talk. Are we just flirting? Like, is this just the, is this our, our flirty banter? Or are you giving me... Like the stuff I've heard a million times before and I, you're actually just like everybody else. And there is a passage here where um, he says, if I were going to try to seduce you, this isn't the way I'd go about it. And she says, is that so? She said, running her hand through her hair, her fingers began to idly twine her hair into a braid. Then she stopped and brushed it out. And we have landed on the idea that the Yilish braids are some kind of magic that she uses to force or suggest the people who see the knots to behave in a certain way. So I feel like this is her braiding, like starting to, is that so? Okay. Like, tell me what you know. And then going, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, she brushes it out and she goes, I, you know, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm going to let you keep going like her, her. And this also suggests to me that she started to use the magic to 
influence the people that she spends time with. Like it's second nature to her now to, to do a braid if she wants something out of someone or if she wants to affect a conversation, but she stops herself when it's quoth because it's quoth and says, okay, let's see where this takes us. I also see the braid as a bit of like a defense, like the idea that she does it automatically when, when he's sort of presented her with a situation that seems like everything she's already seen before. And she doesn't really want to have to deal with that. Like it almost feels like the braid could, could be a bit of a defense mechanism. Absolutely. I think that you and Nick are kind of saying the same thing, right? Like this is like, that's how, how she defends herself from the unwanted advances of, of people who are trying to take advantage of her is she like puts in a braid that says, you know, like, don't touch me, leave me alone, take me home, whatever. Right. And she's starting to do that. And then she remembers, no, I'm with Quoth. He's like never actually treated me that way before. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he is being genuine when he says that he's not trying to take me up into the aloft. But I, I think if I may, uh, I agree with everything you have both said. And I want to add on uh, to something we were talking about earlier that I think that Denna's flirtation and Denna's perception of the situation is like more explicitly sexual than romantic. And I think that's just because she is world weary and she is more sexually experienced than Quoth is not to mention the 14 year old farm girl. So like she, she can't help but kind of assume that she knows where this thing is going. And she even, I don't even think that like she would necessarily object, but she is being, she is constantly surprised at Quoth's comparative kind of innocence. Yeah. She's sort of expecting him to be, worse i guess than he is or or at least expecting him to kind of want from her what everyone else does and because she likes him she's maybe like not even opposed to that idea but i think just like you know because she has probably had to navigate sexual desire from a lot younger than 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 she is now she has come to expect that and and as a response to that she has started to like think she started to like try to get ahead of like people wanting to have sex with her by taking control of that situation. You know what I mean? Like if this is going to be about sex, then it's going to be about sex on my terms. And I'm going to be flirtatious and forward so that I can control the situation as it happens. And I think that is her, her instinct in a situation like this. And she's kind of having to think about like, who is she with? Is this actually the situation I think it is? Or is this something that's actually a little more innocent and sweet, which it is. Yeah, I think you can read some tension into Denna's character in this scene as she's torn between her desire to remain in control, her genuine affection, probably sexual for Quoth, as well as her surprise, like her her surprise at him not being not desiring sex, but also him using the same language as someone who who expects sex, and it might be that she is bringing that to the table because he is being forthright and honest like he's taking her to the hayloft not for sex she's the one who brings up the sex part right so i think you're right jeremy that she's sort of take she is introducing that in order to remain in control of it and i think she's also trying to navigate like disappointment with quoth because she thinks he's different um with her like 
with the fact that he is behaving in this way. I don't know. It's a really interesting scene now that I get to really analyze what's going on from Dennis' perspective. I really do think something that like I'm very pleased to have done as part of this project is spend the time to sit with Denna and really appreciate her motivations and her character. I do think that certainly the first couple of reads of the series, I did not care for Denna and I found her hard to understand and empathize with. And because we're doing this insane prod, uh, podcast, I'm spending a lot more time thinking about her motivation and and things from her perspective. And I have much more of a uh, an appreciation, not just for her character, but for the work Rothfuss is doing with her character. Mm. Yeah. I, I have one more note on this page and it's the same note from last page. And it's just that there were like Rothfuss is really hammering home that there's no moon tonight. Absolutely. Like he's done it two pages in a row now. Yep. Yep. That's, that's definitely, I think that one of the things that I don't think anyone who has read this book can dispute is that there is some kind of connection between Denna and the moon and it's maybe metaphorical and it's maybe literal but it's it's the thing that it makes sense to be paying attention to because it comes up again and again and again. Yep. All right. Okay, I'm done with my notes. Yeah, and uh, I think we've covered everything there is to cover. So shall we shall we mosey on up the hayloft ladder to tomorrow's page? Uh. The wind. wind.